Thank you, choir. I invite you to turn in your Bibles this morning to Luke chapter 24. As we meditate upon the resurrection this morning. The resurrection stands at a crucial point in history. It stands at a crucial point in the whole story and plan of redemption. You see, if Jesus had simply died, we would be gathering together today to remember a good man, a good teacher, who died. But Easter is so much more. You see, Easter tells us that we don't just remember a good man who died, but we remember the King of kings and Lord of lords who died and lives again. Who died and is coming again. Much has been written and preached and taught on finding the empty tomb. And this morning at Kendall Lake with the roosters and the geese and... The fog rolling in, uh, we talked a little bit about the, the empty tomb. And preparing for this morning and what the Lord would have for us, uh, this morning he led, uh, he led me to something that happened that very day in Luke chapter 24. And Luke recounts two disciples who were on the road home, the road to Emmaus. Emmaus was a small town. We don't even know where it is on the map anymore. It was so small through all the wars and various things that have happened in the Holy Land. It's not not on the map. There's some place the tour guide will take you and say, this is Emmaus, but we we really don't know. But these two disciples were on the way out of town on the road to Emmaus. And let's see what happens as we read together. Luke 24, and we're going to pick up in verse 13. God's Word says, That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus Himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing Him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. 
Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we come before you and we bow again. We bow our hearts before you. Lord, we thank you for this day and this time and this hour and this moment. We have read your word. We have heard your word. And Lord, now we seek to hear from you. Lord, guide us to your truth. Convict our hearts. Lead us to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The two were on the road to Emmaus. They were on the road out of town. They were actually going the wrong way. They were going home. They thought, well, it's over. This is it. Our, our leader, he died on the cross, and some women, I mean, they went to the tomb, and the, you know, he wasn't there. They thought they saw some angels, but you know, this was crazy. We really thought he was the one. We really thought he was the Messiah. Talks about how downcast they were, how sad they were as they walked along the road. My question is this morning to each of us are, are we on the road to Emmaus? Have we given up faith in Christ? And here, what put them, a couple things, what put them on the road to Emmaus? Number one this morning. These disciples, they failed to see Christ. They failed to see Christ. They're walking on the road. And Jesus comes right up alongside of them. It's sort of like, um, you know, uh, you can, you know, we have the saying, uh, you, you know, you walk up to a conversation and your wife looks at you and she says, do you feel your ears burning? You know what that means. That's southern slang for we were talking about you. And you just happened to walk up. Jesus, nothing ever just happens with Jesus, but he just so happened to walk up upon these two who were walking at these two disciples. They were walking away from Jerusalem. They were walking to Emmaus. And they were talking about him and all the things that had happened. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Well, no, I, I can't believe it. 
And it's like Jesus was like, what things? What are you talking about? What happened? And you know the one. Cleopas, you know, he's like, he goes down in the history books. It's, you know, it's like, well, you know, were you the only one who hadn't heard about everything that happened in, in Jerusalem? Yeah, it's like for eternity, right? I'm, I'm pegged. I'm the one who called Jesus out, right? That he didn't know something. That Jesus was right in front of him. And the text clearly tells us that Jesus, and he's fond of doing this because he's God, he, he intentionally hid himself from them from them knowing who he was. But in the same way, these were men who really should have known that it was Jesus. They were disciples. They had followed him. They had heard his sermons, his messages. They had seen him perform miracles. They had followed him even to the point of being around the other disciples in Jerusalem. And yet, coming face to face with the Lord, they did not recognize him you know that causes me to think sometimes we can fall into the same trap as that these guys were so in tune with what what they were concerned about and what they were talking about they did not recognize Christ in their midst their physical eyes were open but their spiritual eyes have been blinded and church there's a, good, uh, uh, there's a good comparison to this today. The church in America is asleep. Amen. We have been asleep at the wheel. We've been comfortable, comfortable with our air conditioning, comfortable with our way of life, comfortable with just the affluence that we have had, the standard of living that we have, are comfortable with our First Amendment, no one coming in here and telling us what to do or what guns to shoot or not shoot or you know whatever we're going to do. We just do our own thing. We have fallen asleep. Some of you are asleep right now. (laughs) Go ahead. Elbow the person next to you. Wake up. Right? We have fallen asleep. We have failed to see that we are... The battle, Paul tells us, is not against flesh and blood. What does he tell us? What does God's Word tell us? What is this battle? It's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual war. We act like we're on the good ship lollipop. Not as soldiers preparing for battle in a spiritual war. We need to church, we need to open our eyes. That's what I see the failure here, this this first set. Their eyes weren't open. They were close-minded to to the Lord and to His presence and to what He had taught. So He kind of had to to wake them up and he, he had to explain to them, hey guys, don't you get it? And then he opens to them the Scriptures. Because that's the second thing where they missed it. First, they failed to recognize Christ, failed to see Him. But secondly, they failed to understand Christ. You see, all these disciples are talking and they're saying, okay, yeah, I mean, and they... They recount the story. It's like, yeah, Jesus, he was, he, was a, he was a prophet. He was from God. He did miracles. He did all this stuff. And our chief priests and rulers handed him over to be crucified. And he was, he was killed. And even some of the women saw, he, you know, he, the tomb was empty and were saying he rose from the dead. Did they not have the story right? 
Some of you are scared. It's Easter. It's okay. Yeah, they, they pretty much had it right. But they failed to understand one particular point because they, they go on and, and the one says, we thought he was going to be the one. We thought. Verse 21, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Had he not redeemed Israel on the cross? Yeah, he had. He paid the price for not just for Israel, but for the world that all who would believe could be saved. What kind of redemption were they looking for? Were they looking for spiritual redemption? Were they looking for eternal redemption? What were they looking for? What were they expecting? They were expecting political salvation. They expected even, you know, sometimes we, um, like, as we study the Gospels and we study the New Testament, we can say, well, the Jewish leaders, they were expecting a political, someone to kick Rome out and all of that, a political savior. These were disciples who were still, who had spent time with Jesus and heard his message and still missed it and were still looking for political salvation. They thought the Messiah was going to come, kick Rome out and... Israel would be an independent state. The Holy Land would rise again. It was the cause. They were still hoping for it. Thinking that was what Jesus' mission was. They failed to understand. That's the point at which Jesus really jumps, jumps out at them. And he says in verse 25, what does he say? Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And it says in the beginning with Moses and the prophets, he, he explained all these things to them. They had missed Isaiah 53 and then the Messiah to come was going to be the suffering servant who by his stripes we are healed. It's interesting when I look at that and I have to say, not only is the church asleep, but the church is looking for political salvation. Amen. I have to, I mean, I just have to be honest and say, we try to align ourselves with a political party. We try to align ourselves with political ideology, which it's, I mean, I'm telling you, we're American. We have, I mean, we have the freedom and the privilege to vote. We should do it. We should be engaged in the process. I'm not saying we shouldn't. But that is not our salvation. Who's in the White House? Who's in Congress? All of those things. That pales in comparison as to the king who is on the throne in heaven. That's all that matters church. I got two amens, and they're both from the choir. Thank you, choir. <laughs> right? There's all, the last time I checked, there's only one Savior, and His name is Jesus. And He's not limited to two terms. There's no term limits. You can't vote Him in or vote Him out. He's chosen before the foundation of the world. He's the one who is due our allegiance. He's the one due our worship. He is the one. 
And it's like Jesus has to get these guys, like slap them in the face and say, don't you understand? Yes, you're thinking about this one segment of time and this piece of land right here, and you're thinking about your freedom right now and your immediate future, and I just died for the sins of the world for all time. They failed to see Christ. And they failed to understand Christ. Lord, open our eyes. Lord, open, open our minds. Open our minds to see. His plan is so much bigger than our little slice of American Christianity or what have you. It's so much bigger. They failed to see Christ. They failed to, to understand Christ. Then, so they failed to see Christ and He reveals Himself to them. They failed to understand Christ and where does He go? He goes to His Word and starts explaining everything to them. And they act as though they had never heard Him preach before. They're like, they're eating this up. They're like, man, you should make tapes. You should put this on the internet. You should make like a podcast. You would be bigger than Joel Osteen. Seriously. You'd be pretty big. And he, they follow Jesus and, and, and they get back to their house. And they tell him, Jesus acts like he's, he's got to go further down the road like the next exit. And the guys urge him to say, say no, 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 you've got to stay. We, we need to hear some more. They were getting full on God's word. You see, the third thing, something happened there. When God revealed, when Jesus started revealing himself to them, revealing through his word, then they longed to be with him. <laughs> At the beginning, they don't see Him. They don't understand Him. They're like lost. And they're going the wrong direction until He shows up. And they tell Him, I mean, they tell Him two things. I mean, they tell Him, no, you need to stay with us and you need to eat with us. They didn't didn't give Him five bucks and tell Him, here, go get something at McDonald's. Or Wendy's that has four for four. They said, no, stay with us. And see, and that is the response of someone who has been in the presence of Christ. You see, in the presence of Christ, there is power. In the presence of Christ, there is peace. In the presence of Christ, there is comfort. In the presence of Christ, it's all about being in the presence of Christ. It's not about... The Roman emperor being in charge and the chief priest winning and Pontius Pilate and all of that. None of that matters. It's being in the presence of Christ. Jesus said as much to his disciples just before he went to the cross. And the, the, um, the John, in his gospel, he, he recounts this over and over again. Jesus says, abide in me. What does abide mean? To live, to remain, to be connected into the vine, to find your life, your health, your strength, not in, just, not in knowing things about me, 
not in giving all the right answers. Marty and I were talking this morning. Marty got up, came to the, um, came to the sunrise service. And uh, he's talking about, he watched O'Reilly last night. Was it last night? O'Reilly last night, and they did the man on the street, and they started asking people, what does Easter mean? No one knew what Easter was. They finally find a guy who could tell them what Easter was. And he says, it's a story about Jesus who died on the cross and um, was in the tomb, and on the third day he rose again. And the, the guy asking on the street, you know, the word on the street, he says, well, do you believe that? You know his answer? No. It's just a story. See, he knew, he knew the right things. He knew the right... He'd probably been to Sunday school. He was probably raised Southern Baptist. Got his little Sunday school pen. He knew the right answers. He knew of Christ, but he didn't know Christ. There's people that profess Christ who would say, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. But don't possess him. And here, this was the key point in these two guys. They could have just they could have just like stayed home. They could have stayed just, yeah, yeah, we even I mean, we even heard about the empty tomb and all that, but it's just a story until they came face to face with Christ. And they were forever changed. And they turned. Lord, open here. They not only opened their minds and opened their eyes, but they opened their hearts and took Jesus in. And that's, that's awesome. Notice, what, what point in the story did they realize who Jesus was? When he took when he took the bread and broke it. I mean, the hair on my arms just stand up right now. Right in that moment, they remembered, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And they're like, oh, right now. You mean right now, remember? (laughs) Yes, it's our Lord. He is alive. And they were changed. Now, at that moment, they were, you know, they were blown away by what had happened. And it says, in the moment, verse 31, and their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Why did he, why did he vanish? He vanished... Because he had done what he needed to do. They knew exactly what they needed. They were forever changed. He did not need to be. It was time for him to move somewhere else. His mission was accomplished for them. So notice what these guys do. Okay, it's night. They've already traveled seven miles on foot to get to Emmaus. Home. They've eaten. When I get home and I eat, I go to my chair. My leather chair with my leather matching leather ottoman. And I get my blanket and I whistle for my dog, and my dog jumps up and gets in my lap, and I stay right there for the remainder, for the duration. 
until Amy wakes me up and says, okay, old man, it's 8 o'clock. It's time for you to go to bed. Whatever, you know. Uh, I stay right there. Now, even more so in the first century, when uh, you didn't travel at night. You didn't travel at night because uh, it was dangerous to travel, period. Uh, hence the parable of the Good Samaritan, and you get robbed on the highway. You definitely didn't, you did not go out at night unless you absolutely had to go. You definitely didn't go a seven-mile journey that you had already just done. And, and, and look, what did these guys do? At that very hour, where did they go? They went straight back to Jerusalem. After being with Christ and longing to be with Him, when, when Christ was gone, what did they do? Then they longed to be with Christ's people. They couldn't wait to get back to the other disciples. They realized, yeah, this was all part of God's plan for us to encounter Christ on this road, but we maybe made a mistake by leaving town. We might have left too early. They could not wait. They left in the middle of the night and went straight back and reported everything uh, that, that had happened to them. And by the time they get there, the, the disciples are saying, yeah, Christ appeared to, to Peter. You know, yet they confirmed each other and encouraged one another. They didn't wait until morning. They didn't wait until they were well rested. They didn't wait to get back to Christ's people until it felt right or until it was convenient. They got up in the middle of the night and went back. Church, we have been asleep at the wheel. We have failed to understand Christ. We have failed to possess Christ. We have possessed everything else in this world. We have accumulated things. We have placed our faith and trust in our government or our way of life, or our bank account, or our jobs, or our family. We've tried to find security in every other way than Christ himself. And church, we have failed with one another and loving one another. You see, you can't, in our culture and our time, it is... Um, it, it is, it's cool to be spiritual, like to be spiritual, to be a spiritual person. It is not cool to be, uh, or a person of faith, but it's not cool to be a Christian. You can be spiritual, but not religious. I don't want to be religious either. It's not about following a set of rules. It's not a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's changed my life. And it's not about me, it's about us. It's about the family of God. See, it's not enough just to, to, to say, okay, I, I accept Christ. He died for the church, the called out ones, the ones He has called out and called together to be on mission for Him to take His love, to take His light, to take His forgiveness to a lost and dying world. But there's some that say, well, I love Jesus. I just don't want to have anything to do with the church. I have to say, you can't love Jesus and hate his bride. And there's one thing, you can say a lot of things about me. 
and say, you know, you're too short or you're too tall, you don't have any hair, you, you're whatever you want to be. You say one word about my bride, I turn, into, I turn into the Incredible Hulk. You better just, Mark, hold me back. He's laughing because he knows. He knows it's right. The church is the same way. Christ died for the church. And when, when we come to see Christ fully, when we come to understand Him and why He came and His mission, when we fall in love with Him and make Him our all in all, then we can't help but fall in love with His people. I want to encourage you this morning as we, as we close this service and this time together These two disciples, when we started our story, they were on the road to Emmaus. They were on the road out of town. They were running away from the church. They were running away from the Lord. They were running away from all that had happened until they came face to face with Jesus and ran back to Him. My question... Are you on the road to Emmaus? <coughs> this morning, are you running from God? There's, there's really only two, two roads, two ways. The broad road and the narrow road. We're either running away or we're running toward Him. What road are you on this morning? The choir's going to come and they're going to sing. We're going to have a time of invitation. This is a time for us to do business with the Lord. This altar's going to be open. I... I invite you just to, 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 to listen, meditate. If you, if you feel led to come and pray, or if you feel even in the comfort of your seat right now to do business with the Lord, if you're here today, there's several responses and next steps for every person in this room. No matter who you are, where you, you came from, how you got here this morning, if you drove here, flew here, walked here, rode up on a bike. Anyone? Bike? No? There's a next step for everyone. Number one, we believe that every person should begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is, surrendering your heart and life to Him, saying, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of a Savior. And if you've never done that in your life, that's not just something you're born with because you're an American or you have entered a church one time. That is something in in your heart before the Lord that you've made a decision. God, I'm going to die to myself, and I'm going to live for you. I need you to come in and save me. That's, That's step one for every person. Two, you may be here, and you don't have a church you're just out there. You're a Lone Ranger Christian. You're like, I'm in the CIA. I'm undercover for Christ. Uh, there's no such thing. He disbanded the CIA. I hope he disbands the TSA one day. If you've ever flown, I hope, I hope that gets disbanded one day. We don't have that. We, you need to belong to a church. You may be just visiting today. I, I, have, I mean, I'm biased. I'll just tell you, I'm biased. This is the greatest church. You need to come and get connected to a local church. Um, here or where you live, where, where you're from, okay? Three, every person should be growing in their faith, okay? If we're not growing, we're what? We're dying. And uh, I don't know about you, I, I, I don't want to ever stop growing. And there's opportunities to grow and grow in your faith and learn more and grow more, uh, learn more about Him, learn more about the Lord. And four, there's, you may be here and you've heard it all your life. You believe it and you've heard it. You're just holding it all in. We believe that every person should have a place to serve. To use their gifts and talents God's given them to, 
to show and share the love of Christ with those around them. So this morning is our time of invitation as we wrap up this morning. However God is leading you in your life and your heart today, respond to Him. Pastor Mark.